Welcome to the Rumpus Room. Hey, it's the boys from the Midwest. We're back kicking it here in the Rumpus Room, and let's hit them with the takeaway message of the day. I've been focusing on breathing and the depth in which I've been taking my breath. Uh, it was been the, the really what got me onto it as I was listening to Laird Hamilton talk about he's got this new breathing workout that he does, and um, you know the 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 story behind it that got me into it was you can go weeks without eating, you can go days without water, but you can't go any minute without oxygen. Mm-hmm. And so that is something you should be thinking about optimizing is how do you intake oxygen? And what got me interested is he said, you know, when you see a fighter and you see them breathing in and out of their mouth, you know, they're done. Yeah. So is, is this different than the uh, Joe Rogan podcast or did you? No, there's, there's a couple of them with Laird. Cause uh, the Rogan podcast episode with Laird is is definitely worth a listen he's a big proponent of sauna and he goes into um his in the pool workout program and yeah it's 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 really awesome Mm -hmm. yeah and the biggest thing that I want to stress is the the movement of the lower like uh, under your abdomen is just key yeah and that's the way to best get that is when you do it through your nose Mm. rather than through your mouth and when you do a breath through your mouth um you it it naturally it sometimes it stresses you out more and so that's a way to calm yourself and i've seen you do that where you hold one nostril breathe in Mm -hmm. breathe out of that nostril or you breathe out of that nostril you breathe in then you switch the other one yeah that's that's a good technique for breathing that's called nadi shodana it's a uh pranayama breathing technique and um, the only reason I've been turned on to a lot of this stuff is because of my yoga teacher training. Like, uh, I mean, that was just pivotal in me being aware of the breath and yeah, you're totally right. It's like probably the most forgotten about sense that we have, or like the most overlooked thing, except for like extreme peak performance athletes. I mean, yep. I find myself uh, paying attention to the quality and depth of my breath during meetings because I can tell that it has a psychological effect on me and my performance mm-hmm. in the meetings. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing I'm always like, oh, if I catch myself like shallow breathing, I'm like, chances are I'm getting emotional or yep. annoyed or frustrated. That See, I, I play in a weekly men's golf league. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I was totally focusing on deep breathing through my nose, and I played the best round I've played all, week, all, all year. Nice. Kicked butt. Nice. And I was so much calmer mm-hmm. and was more relaxed, and things didn't get to me, but I re- like the biggest focus for me was not breathing through my nose through my mouth or not through not my mouth breathing through your mouth yeah and that was a big thing and something else is we've been i remember this comment from a little bit ago and somebody was making fun of somebody and they called him a mouth breather yes and that yeah. was like the funniest thing i've heard like yeah i just burst out laughing because it's like look at that mouth breather over there yeah, like, that's well, just such it, a funny thing it's it's say. first used in uh stranger things got it season one um, that is like the main insult 
because mm. uh, Mike says something about being a mouth breather, and then L or Eleven, 11 repeats it because yeah. she doesn't know anything and whatever. So, um, but yeah, I think it used to be a, a larger insult like back in the day, but I, it has roots in being like a lower functioning human being because yeah. you're not as aware that you're breathing in a less optimal way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the short of it is breathe through your nose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and take deep breaths. Especially in in meetings and competition, it's 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 been an interesting experiment to kind of go through what that looks like. Well, that, that's one of the reasons I like pool training or swimming. So, you, what it, this one thing it represents is that we value our social life more than our financial standings or or the risk we are choosing to put ourselves at greater financial peril in order to meet the exceedingly unrealistic expectations of what a successful social life looks like. Yeah, it's an outward appearance rather than the actual bank account showing the different, you know. Yeah, and it, it's, um, I think you brought up a good point about it being a, a quarter life, like sort of a new This is the new life. midlife crisis. Yeah. So this is the... Yeah. This is, you know, and this I was thinking the, about this, the you yellow know, Corvette. Yeah. This is when ever, you know, when our, our, let's just say our parents' generation, they got right out of college, got married, had kids, really didn't have time no. for this midlife crisis. Now we're just living it as millennials early. Like I'm going to live the, you know, that's why there's a lot of these businesses that people want to feel like they're giving back. And, you know, I feel like that's kind of what happens in the midlife crisis is like, oh my gosh, I'm having this identity questioning that I've never had in my entire life. So I'm going to buy a brand new car. I'm going to go try to, you know, sleep with somebody that's way younger or completely change who I am. Um, And I just feel like we're running through that as millennials so much earlier. And maybe it's just because of the pressures, but I think this, this need to like, I don't want to have to question myself. I think that's kind of what I was trying to experience really what I wanted out of college. Like, what do I really want to do with my life? And so that was kind of my midlife crisis rather than just hopping on to the, 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 uh, um, belt the that takes chain. you down yeah. the line and getting married. And done it. so there wasn't this like requirement to get married at 22. I mean, there kind of was cause we're from the Midwest mm-hmm. and I think it's a little stronger here, sure. but I think we have seen some of our parents' generation kind of move, you know, some of the things they're, they've they been dealing with, maybe we're trying to, you know, get in front of, and we're not really thinking about it, but it's just really happening. Well, um, let's analyze the reason for the yellow Corvette. Mm-hmm. I'm buying a yellow Corvette at 55 because I want to be reassured that I'm young and cool and I'm not getting, I'm not an old man. So I still matter. I still matter. So what it is, I'm a value. I'm a value. What it is, is it's seeking validation Mm -hmm. because this car validates my insecurity that I'm getting old and I'm not cool anymore. Yeah. And, um, I went to one of the support groups that I usually go to, to listen to, you know, provide peer to peer mental health support. And, Every single thing that people brought up, I just couldn't help but notice that they were all seeking validation. Really? Every single thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I once heard 
I think it was a Gary V quote about how like somebody comes up to him and is like, Oh Gary, you know, my life is so bad. I'm, you know, my, my parents beat me and blah, blah, blah. I'm on welfare. And, and Gary was kind of like saying no, or it might've been a Joe Rogan podcast. No, really what you just want is you want me to pay attention to you. (laughs) You want me to focus my attention on you and then give you something in return. And, um, that validation seeking component is very much tied in with that because I want you to focus on me is mm-hmm. is really there because I'm insecure. Validate me for who I am. Validate, my, va- validate that my identity is, is who worth, I should be. Yeah, I'm I'm a good I'm worthwhile. I'm of value. And then what happens with all of these bachelorette and bachelor parties and weddings is that the onus has been misappropriated to uh you know the expectation of these things so i'm not of value unless my bachelorette party goes to nashville or my bachelor party goes to vegas and you know and has 50 people and you know it's this big time and everybody knows about it uh uh-huh and everyone shows up you know nobody's gonna miss this one because it's such a big deal that type of mentality well and and that validation seeking is um in my opinion what's at the core of like the obsession with this woman's article on the instagrammable wedding yeah the obsession is not on the fact that i need the most superior superior instagrammable wedding that there's ever been really what it is is I need that Instagrammable wedding so that I can feel good about who I am. Mm-hmm. And so people are playing the game of I'm going to focus on the conditions that I think give me the validation. Yeah, we'll versus... drive. Well, and I think we've been in kind of speaking of conditioned is we've been we've it's a habit of seeking validation through social media. Yes. So we've been trained our brains have been trained to seek these dopamine hits. Oh yeah, from the notifications. Notifications yeah. from likes. Yep. I, I think it's it's all those forces pushing one direction. I mean, you see people just sitting on a bus, just scrolling, and yes. and, and so I think that we've been trained differently than our parents' generation, grandparents' generation on this validation seeking, and so that's why there's such a microscope on this event in terms of weddings and bachelorette, bachelorette parties, parties yeah. and all yep. the money that's being spent. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of going to the nth degree of this obsession with validation seeking for sure. Because yep. we as young adults have relinquished our ability to feel valid on our own. Mm-hmm. I think we've, I think that could be like one of the defining characteristics of somebody who's grown up as a part of the digital revolution is the gradual un un or gradual relinquishing of the responsibility to generate that own sense of validation authentically for so sure we continue to rely on the number of friends the number of likes the number of things outside Trof- of the ours. number of trophies we receive exactly you know like exactly. we've been trained i'm, I'm not and, and i think social but it's also part of the generation of our parents exactly of how we exactly. were raised and that's it's the perfect storm yeah. of a bunch of shit that has caused an entire generation of people to go on thinking that their 
that they don't have the ability to feel like they're of value, like they Themselves. like their things that they're doing or their pain isn't real because we've been told not to experience pain or the effort didn't matter because the trophy isn't there or mm-hmm. your job doesn't matter because it's not the pinnacle job that there might be because you don't have that sense of authentic validation. Yeah, internal, internal. validation that is that is like a something you have to build within yourselves it's an it's an external reinforcement it's an external focus we've been trained to focus on the external factors as a way to understand about our self-worth for sure and i I think the intention of the parents is in the right place of of saying we want you to feel loved and feel Mm -hmm. valued and you are enough and so i think that I think there's the the right intention is there from the parents. It's not like they're trying to raise people that are validation seeking, you know, no, monkeys. No, no, no. But I think that's just a response to the way that we've been raised, and I think it is an evolution in being raised. Because now we, once you find this internal validation, it's very powerful. As it, I've seen this in my life. I've seen myself transition from somebody who was so outwardly seeking to now going through meditation, yoga, that transition to me has allowed me to become more whole. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a good, good thing for the human experience is to, to experience this kind of overstimulation of validation on the outside of like, Oh my gosh, I've reached my point where I am so unhappy. And I think it's, really it there's a lot of implications with depression suicide so there's a lot of things we really need to figure out how to solve them Mm -hmm. it's creating Mm -hmm. other problems for us to solve and the point you bring up about pain and you shouldn't feel pain i think is just huge because of the human experience is just so much of a struggle Mm -hmm. yeah so when i was at this group the other night i was listening to this one woman continue to sort of expound on her issues and all of the time I could tell she was just grasping at the you know somebody tell me I'm good enough and what I'm doing matters and that you know I matter and you know Mm -hmm. and and then I could and like this other guy um you know was talking about his issues with substance abuse and was saying that oh you know I feel like my mental health is getting worse and, um, you know, I've just pointed out a small thing and I was like, yeah, man, actually that's progress. So that's really commendable. Like, congratulations. That speaks a lot to you being a really, um, productive and, you know, fortuitous mm-hmm. human being because you've overcame heroin addiction or whatever. So, mm-hmm. and when I said that he, he flipped the switch and he just looked at me and he was like, oh, wow, thanks. You know, uh, and it was clear that he was not allowing himself Mm-hmm. to experience those feelings yeah wow and i think that as young people we we don't do that we don't and i i suppose this is an issue with all people of today and age today's sure. age which is um that you know how and how do you describe the like the feeling of of not needing that validation because we're social people. You're always going to need validation from other people. But what we're saying here is that we've relinquished so much of it to the external factors that it's now having a hardcore. The balance of the, the scales scales have, way off. The scales have tipped 
to a very unhealthy part. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, I think we've test, you know, with maybe some of the parents generation, they're trying to say, all right, let's make sure everybody feels loved and we don't, there's no pain and this is great. We're going to kind of move that way. However, the scales have tipped where then we become reliant on an outward source of that security Mm -hmm. or safety or validation because it's always been there. And then when it's taken away or it's challenged because that validation in the world, if you are to have success in the world, you're going to continually have to have your sense of validation and purpose and whatever challenged in order for you to grow. For sure. That's just inherent. But what I don't think occurred a lot growing up is the destruction of that and then the rebuilding. Yeah. Because I think the point of a lot of this uh, helicopter parenting or whatever you want to call it was let's make sure that this independent validation has its space to grow. So I'm going to move the obstacles out of the way such that my conception of success is that they will grow within this bubble and then the thing will launch off. And this is why we are seeing failure to launch for kids is because that bubble that was developed, the handoff for when that was supposed to go away in the real world was supposed to happen was so crushing for some people, mm-hmm. meaning their plane was not going fast enough in mm-hmm. order to like reach liftoff. Yeah. And so... I mean, it, it's. I think it's an interesting analogy because it's very representative of how we didn't have... And, and you know, even if you look at the business literature, people are obsessing over failure now, uh, 20 years ago. Just obsessing over it. 20 years ago, I don't think the mantra was like, go out and fail, fail fast, and screw up. Yeah. Like, nobody was like that. Everybody was like, oh, you know, do the right thing and, you know, you will be rewarded. And if you do... You know, I think it was more of a, like... As long as you are who you are, you have like integrity. You're a special, flo- you're yeah. a special snowflake, sort of, mm-hmm. and each special snowflake will have its day, sort of a thing, as opposed to like, well, actually, you live in a competitive society where there are limited resources and you are going to fight everybody for access to them so your first deployment of your strategy is probably not going to be the thing that eventually outlasts so all of the you know then now there's this obsession with fail fast and often and all this stuff but that goes so in i mean that's so incongruous with the way that we have formulated our sense of identity Mm -hmm. well and i think when you were talking about this thing of like the you know there we're competing out there and so you need to fail quickly to compete i think there's kind of a shift from the abundance mindset to the oh my gosh i need to pass this person otherwise they're going to get it so there's a little bit of this mindset where you need to beat other people in order to be successful where i think that you know that's kind of a tangential effect of this whole external validation but having an abundance mindset comes from this uh, this knowing of I have this internal validation that I'm doing enough and I can continue to move forward rather than let other people tell me that I'm going the right ways. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that's where people are like, just fail and it's fine. Because it's like, in order for us to get over that fear of external validation being not what we want, we need to consider failure as okay, rather than the person that's like, well, that just didn't work. Let's try it some, like, you know, there's, two different ways you can, you can say like, oh, it was a failure and 
yeah, people, you know, things that work, or you can just be like, okay, I think this is the right way. It didn't work. Let's figure out what we needed, what we learned there and keep going. Mm -hmm. And that comes from more of an internal strong state than this like outward, oh my gosh, what are the metrics telling me? And, you know, it's like, like really knowing it's worth something of value that comes from an internal, like, and that's leadership is having the ability to say, this is the right direction, guys. Get on board and let's go. Let's find out how to make this thing. Like, there's a yeah. lot of leadership in that. Sure, but, but, but the so the manifestation of this obsession with the Instagrammable wedding is a microcosm of that lack of internal sense of For worth sure. or yes. whatever. Yes, and it just has become painfully obvious. And you know, this Instagram, this article in the New York Times was like. It's all about the social media posts and whatever. And it's like, no, it's actually about the lack of validation that people have in their lives. It's, yeah. it's the fact that I don't know who my true friends are. So I'm using my bachelorette party as a proxy to figure out who is the highest ranking one of my friends. <laughs> Who's going to spend the most money? Who's going to spend the most to money? To come and do something And do for the me. most posts. And all of this absolutely unnecessary bullshit. Yes, I it mean, is. It is, and really, you know, a wedding is a you. You want to be supported by your friends, and now it's turned into this validation source of how many likes can I get? Yeah. How many people can be at my wedding? Can I do it at the coolest venue that nobody's had it at before? Mm-hmm. Like all of these external things, rather than you know, we we're talking to our parents about them getting married, and it's like, oh yeah, we had it in the church basement. Yeah. You know, that was the reception, and. You know, it's a, it was a different focus then than it is now, which, again, it comes from much of a deeper root in where, you know, this validation thing that we're talking about. Yeah, and I think about authenticity because um, I, when, I, when I think about the marriage in the church basement or whatever, I'm being, you know, that it was probably an extremely authentic expression of love in that setting because people were like oh Mm -hmm. we're just in a fucking gathering place it's not that big of a deal (laughs) and then again here we are back to the obsession with the external signs as the proof like if you spend the most on the wedding you may think that your wedding is worth more but actually there's an inverse relationship the more you spend (laughs) on your wedding the more likely you are to get a divorce that goes with weddings rings and like other uh, there's an article that talks about like rings so the more expensive the ring if we're talking like hundred thousand dollars like well thank very... god because mine was dirt cheap <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't tell no yeah anyway anyway it's not it was so expensive i know yeah. that was an expensive was ring super expensive. and i know expensive rings if anybody knows expensive rings it's me it's it's us because we and spend so, a lot of time we spend a lot of time lot looking of time at rings jewelry stores yeah jewelry stores <laughs> looking at rings so oh you God. know it she knows it everybody, everybody knows, knows it, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah again it's it's the external signs and i think we're kind of really getting at multiple ways of looking at kind of the implications of this you know yes it's a bachelorette party or a bachelor party or a wedding but it's just such a bigger thing for our culture and yeah. our generation yep. is yep. and I, that's not in the conversation that we're no, having right now it's not you know like i think our when, lack of validation our lack is. of self-confidence mm-hmm. our lack of um or our relinquishing of that responsibility to bring that with us where we go yes 
that's why the self-help like there's so much self-help and maybe there was before but like self-help porn is like huge huge i mean you think of the tony robbins gary vanderchuk i mean every these are million billion dollar industries of people you know and they're not giving you rocket science it's not like they're saying this is this is something that's a formula nobody knows it's like no this is something that throughout the test of human history has been like you think of all the philosophers they're still struggling with the same like meditations by marcus aurelius they're still talking about some of the exact same things it's just a little different spin and i think with all of the the direction of this validation is like oh now i'm i went to a conference so I feel better because mm-hmm. there's, you know, mm-hmm. I'm being validated that I am struck. Like it's again, what you were talking about is people need that. Okay. You are a loved person. And, and you know, it's like, that's something that we are mm-hmm. kind of requiring. Well, and I think this is, well, one, I always come back to this idea about whether or not anything is ever real or new at all, or if it's just like the same sort of spinning cycle and we just happen to be at different points of acknowledging the same amount of screwed upness. But yeah. I will venture to say that like the, if you take time as being linear, right? So, which I know there's a lot of fallacies in that, but it'll explain a point if I get there. Um, so, and you take like technological advancement, which is propagating some of this lack of addressing, you know, the emphasis on external things, right? Mm -hmm. Perhaps it's not necessarily that anything has markedly changed because the scales are still the gigantic scales of life that exist on like a net zero energetic potential energy equals neg, you know, equals energy sort of situation. But, um, the rate of technological change and pace has put the human psyche like further away from this point mm-hmm. relative to itself on its own doing. Yep. Which explain something that's been around since the beginning of time, a lack of validation or whatever, but now is sort of expanded with the ever expanding you know, like time horizon for sure. Yep. And, and, and it's more exacerbated now. And what we're talking about is like, we need to return. Like we need to balance those scales or return to we do. Mm-hmm. and recognize. And so when I, when I see these young adults or whatever, who need that validation and I, I even in my, even one of my client engagements, I never once thought, I mean, I never actually heard anything except negativity about performance ever like and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden there was a switch and like now i'm getting tons of positive feedback and i know that there was certainly some relaying information that got back to individuals which is really nice the first time mm-hmm. and then now it's like being poured on and i'm kind of like okay i see what's happening here yep but it's also so i fell victim to that need for validation in my own life in in another setting yep oh and we I think it's a habit that we're going to have to deal with for a really long time because we've been conditioned for so long. It's not something that you can just go to a Tony Robbins concert and bam, no more validation. This is a daily thinking habit that we are constantly trained to. And you think of Instagram, it's reinforced constantly. 
Well, and every time you open the app, that is another opportunity to relinquish your responsibility in terms of generating that own sense of worth. For sure. You're saying, I am going to go to this space to give my validation outwardly. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's what I don't like about social media at all is, I mean, the second that you go into that sort of voyeuristic mode, it's like, I'm just a vessel in which I'm, sh- I'm putting out information, uh, energy, mm-hmm. getting nothing in return. Or nothing. what we think is something in return, but it it's nothing tangible. It's nothing tangible. That, that you and I, that, that I haven't had the experience of turning into something positive, and maybe other people have found it, mm-hmm. but I have certainly tried, and I have not found it. Well, and it's, it's not material enough, or it appears it's... It's extremely material for a very small percentage of the population who are those social media stars who a lot of people aspire to be. Mm-hmm. And then you're left with the masses who are the ones who are being sucked up for that. For yeah, that. well, you just think of the time that you put in and what you get out of it. And I did that calculation and it wasn't for me. Yeah. And I think that's something that people need to ask themselves ask themselves like what am i getting out of what am i getting out of this? like in in that desire for validation is something that i'm going to kind of i think think on for the next few weeks to really really determine what that is because i don't think we've really broken it down no it's deep. it's a fresh idea in my mm-hmm. mind too i haven't and it would be great to hear if there's other people that are thinking about this, because certainly in our friend groups, we're not talking about this. No, I don't. I don't know that I've once had this discussion, even brought up the idea of validation in a social setting. <laughs> no, I think, <laughs> I think that's a pretty scary thing to it bring is up. Pretty scary, and it's not exactly like, a, oh, let's hang out Friday night and talk about our, our need, need to be validated. To be validated. Yeah, yeah these people are going to love to hang out with us next time. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, I do that in a safe space. Yeah, that's totally a good. Different that's a good thing to do in the rumpus room. Yeah, this we, is. Yeah, and people are always like asking what you talk about in the rumpus room podcast i mean mostly it's like poop poop and toilet stories (laughs) which we got one you got one yeah well so the the annual lake minnetonka with an e coli virus email came out that's a good one where so lake minnetonka is like the midwest version of uh, las vegas jersey shore all put to what it's a absolute blast i've been there Mm -hmm. there are hundreds of boats that form two distinct lines and there's big yachts there's little pontoon boats and everybody forms this kind of alley so you think of linking boats up side by side and then facing into each other or or out and there's an alley in the middle and people walk up and down this alley it's if you want to people watch it's crazy it's insanity however july 4th the water's warmer and you're out there for probably eight to 12 hours depends on who you are maybe you're there all all weekend so people where do you go to the bathroom in the water yep somebody out of thousands of people has some bacterial thing and then lots of people get it yeah every year there's every year there's the same story 34 people were sick after spending (laughs) i think it's 120 this year yeah so 120 it's gonna keep getting bigger until uh because I just think people will always poop in the lake. Well, the, what are you going to do if you're there for 12 hours? I mean, I don't know. I have seen of, people disappear into the woods. There's a lot of fluid that is excreted in that area. Oh, I for mean, sure. That's, uh, that's it, it, a lot of anyway. So that was sponsored by Just Brown Underwear. Yeah, 
which uh, obviously is is the realistic choice for feedback free underwear. I mean, let's I, I will shot a hundred percent from the free throw line. So I will say there was a lake itch warning at uh, our cabin. Really? And yes, when when you last weekend. Oh yeah. And so one individual went out there without Browns, got lake itch. Next day went in with Browns. Didn't get lake itch. Yep. Lake itch. True story. Proof. Lake itch proof. N of one. Testing, patent pending. Yeah. But still think about I it. I think I think it's definitely the patent is really built in to the amount of confidence that you get. So like the patent pending comes from the amount of extra confidence you get when you put on the pair. Yeah, the office right. hasn't been super appreciative of confident you can't patent confidence no well we've been trying and going back and forth with the patent lawyers at uh you know out in dc and and i think we're gonna win it Mm -hmm. i do because if anybody's gonna patent confidence it's gonna be us the brown is the color of confidence it is the color of confidence well that's all we got for you today folks folks tune in next week when we'll be back kicking it here in the rumpus room 